Hey folks, apologies for the late episode this week. I had a bit of overflow from work that prevented me from getting any editing or sleeping done over the course of the week, but we should be back in business now. So thank you for your patience, and again, apologies for the delay. In exciting news, we have set up a Discord where you can come and chat about the show if you so desire. If you'd like to join that Discord, you can go to bit.ly slash brokensundiscord or follow the link in the show notes. Once again, we'd like to ask if you are enjoying the show, if you could please leave us a review on iTunes. Every review helps. The iTunes algorithm bases its recommendations on number of reviews, so if you leave a review and get a friend to leave a review too, that helps more people get their ears on the show and helps us grow. With all of that out of the way, I would like to welcome you back to the main campaign, the world of the hub and the station itself. I hope you'll enjoy Chapter 11, the penultimate chapter of Season 1 of Splinters of a Broken Sun. Previously on Splinters of a Broken Sun, Chapter 10. The Hub Gang returned from their mission to the surface of the station where they had encountered memory and learned of the deep past of humanity. On the way home, they were ambushed by the Proto-Auditor with its mysterious pilot and only narrowly escaped. Once they returned to the Hub, they licked their wounds, shared their burdens with the Revel and other inhabitants of the Hub, and began work on their projects, individually and together. One member of the group, Zonin, attempted to defect by meeting with Governor Denton Yang outside of Gov's domain. Things didn't go particularly well, but he was at the last minute rescued by Lean. Meanwhile, back on the Hub, Hub themselves mentioned that they were ready to attempt reintegrating their emergency backup. During this process, Hub and Keva became intertwined. Everyone was injected into a virtual world, the City of Mist. There, in new personas with no memory of their true selves, the Hub gang attempted to solve a murder or rather, a series of murders. Along the way, they gradually became aware of the nature of their reality. Inhabiting the form of Roger Candy, Emrin consumed the body of Nemesine. What will this mean for our heroes? Let's find out. Welcome back, everybody. This is Splinters of a Broken Sun, an actual play podcast, and we've returned from the wilds of the inchoate city of mist to our hometown of fate here on the hub in Gub's domain. When last we left off, our four heroes had just awakened from the strange dream which they had all shared, although maybe they don't all know that they shared it, and found themselves in Hub's core, all entangled in a uh, 
Keva's hair as Zonin and Lean were coming in the door. Behind them, they heard explosions, and Lean indicated that perhaps now wasn't the best time for asking questions. As this was happening, Maeve's cocoon closed over her face at last, leaving her perhaps with a more muffled voice than usual, assuming that she's still communicating, which is really up to her. So how are you all feeling, having awoken to this new explosive world? Alive. Um, confused, angst-ridden. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fair. That's kind of like all the time. Yes, that's hashtag relatable, as the cool kids might say. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and speaking of cool kids, I should probably introduce you to the cast. Let's see. Over here, we have Keekers. Hi, Keekers. Hi, yeah. I was never the cool kid. I was one of the weird kids that drew a lot and hung out with friends. But I, I think, like, maybe people considered me a nerd or whatever. Anyway, uh... You can find my nerdy self on Twitter at be a space cat um, and various other social medias. I play Keva Jarma, uh, Keva Jarma, excuse me. All right. <laughs> and below uh, Keekers in the chat there, I see Jason. Hi, I'm Jason. I play Zonin Chan, the hat maker. And when I'm not near hats, I'm usually near death. <laughs> and we can find you oh you can find me on twitter at singing chemist you can find me in my room crying after work most days and you mm -hmm. can usually find me in a drive through for a fast food restaurant i have terrible eating habits now the room in which you are crying is that one of the soundproof sound booths at the at work or is it back at home I, it's whatever room i'm in at the time fair Speaking of the room where it happens, we're also joined by Michael Blood. Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Blood. I play Emrin Pock on the podcast. You can find me on Twitter at GoodSirBlood. But uh, speaking of the room where it happens, it's drafty and full of ghosts. Excellent. It's not uh, a well-known fact, but I've made sure to tell all my classes this year that the room in which we have our classes is thoroughly haunted. Ooh, just in time for October. I used to teach in it. Verified. It is a haunted classroom and speaking of hauntings we're also <laughs> the worst yeah, segue <laughs> brutal brutal I you know what if we were gonna vote who is most like death from Discworld or other representations totally velvet <laughs> uh yes we're also joined by og brown sugar Hi everyone, I'm Velvet, and I play uh, Maeve Fentis, the mother of spiders, and I, I guess this personification of the goth phase I never grew out of. <laughs> you can find me on the interwebs at OG Brown Sugar. That's well worth a visit. Okay. Now then, we were in the middle of something. Good. So how did we all end up in Hub's core to begin with?
I don't know. Well, I am, good, good. was Hub acting weird? Would you say Hub was acting weird when they had kind of gone part and parcel into their own head and kind of stuck there? It's, that's what it seemed like to me. Hub was definitely not themselves um, over the past couple of days since you got back. So, quick question for me. I thought that I was just sealed up in the cocoon non-responsive. So, I was like, my face was still out and I could, like, see and talk? Yeah, until you emerged from inchoate. That was the moment when your face was sealed into the cocoon. But it's possible you can still speak or communicate somehow. Psychically, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Meaning everything's fine. Give me that kind of power. Okay, the station's defense is your aunt down here. Did your aunt drag you down here or carry you dignified style down here? I am probably being carried by spiders. Oh, of course. Even better. Big old spiders. Uh, So Zonin was, I guess you're basically dragged or carried in by Lean and a few other people who were helping with that. Uh, We'll get to meet them shortly. And Emran, you are clutching the uh, emergency backup memory that was the source of uh, so much drama before. Uh, you're holding it, clutching it to your uh, like your gut as you emerge from inchoate, and you can see that the color of it has changed from the bright blue that it was before. It is now a green color. Glowing. Can sure, I? Sure, yeah. Entirely possible. Okay, so the way that most of you would have gotten down here would be Hub saying that they had been successful in their preparations and had checked over the backup and not found any issues with it and we're ready to attempt the reintegration of the emergency memory backup. Obviously, it didn't go super well. So uh, the four of you arrived in the hub's core, all ready to install this backup, but instead, somehow, you ended up all uh, all tangled up, as it were, tangled style, just like the movie, but uh, nanobots. Well, tangled in hair, it's adding up. Yep. Oh, boy. But if my face is covered, then I can't see the light. No, not anymore. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, you experience this weird shared hallucination, mass delusion, simulation. It's difficult to say exactly what's happened to you. But there are explosions now. Uh, Maeve is all wrapped up eraser head style in her cocoon. Zonin, you are in rough shape, as I recall. What had happened to you, like, in terms of your consequences you were suffering? I was a broken human being. Yep. Um, I will check my sheet right now to see what I had written. Uh, I don't... Oh, um... Oh, I don't... Oh, here we go. I have cracked ribs, a fractured skull a concussion, and I'm bleeding out, or I was. Okay. You're probably not bleeding out anymore. That's, that's yes. good. <laughs> if not lean, then uh, some of the people she was with would have taken care of that for you after the events of your 
walk. Okay. Yes, those events. Mm-hmm. So you, you've been you've been bandaged up, and you've had some basic tending to, but uh, none of the people, shockingly, perhaps shockingly, none of the people in Lean's particular band of uh, freedom fighters is very good at medicine. Are any of these freedom fighters hedgehog esque? <laughs> Uh, or actually, uh, kind of. What do you mean, kind or, of? What is? Uh, you don't get to say that. <laughs> I need some further context, you monster. Do they go fast? <laughs> They're all so so fast. You'll, you'll get it soon. Or won't. We've got yeah. Ryan Tremling uh, voicing one of them, and then we have. Is Jaleel White voicing one of, of them? Of course. There we go. Jaleel White oh, no. is absolutely voicing one of. Them. You'll get to hear my very good Jaleel White impression, I'm sure. Hello, I'm Jaleel White. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, you're for real white. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Uh, Lean herself is... A, oh. <laughs> that is an impeccable robotic Jaleel White voice. It's very good. That was Ryan Drumling. <laughs> I'm frightened that you owned a, a, a Sonic. Uh, I was completely obsessed with Sonic from third grade to like sixth grade. All right. So Lean herself is a, an accomplished, not really surgeon, but she knows enough medicine stuff. It's just there hasn't been enough time to really treat Zonin's fractured skull and cracked ribs and all that thoroughly. Now, I'm not an expert on consciousness. <laughs> yep. Do I have it? Would I have it? <laughs> I think at this point, uh, you are conscious, but due to the concussion, maybe not entirely fully lucid. Um, it will at this point have been at least a day and a half since you received those injuries. So uh, keeping in mind that people in this world do heal faster than we do due to the, due to the uh, nanotechnology. Uh, like I said, you're probably conscious for the most part, but you'd be suffering the effects of a severe concussion and also in a lot of pain. Yes, I would imagine so. Mm -hmm. Let me get into character. Ow. (laughs) Perfect. Are you? So, uh, I guess I'll take initiative here. Just imagine I, I rolled a 20. It'd be quite the role in fate. Yeah, if this was if this was D and D, Keva kind of like is looking around. Her hair that's kind of loose right now is whipping around, and she's kind of like, "Zonin, where were you? What the heck happened to you?" Zonin barfs. I have I have a lot of experience with concussions. I definitely would have barfed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good mess to have. Lean, looking down at that, manages to move just ever so slightly so that none of it gets on her. She does have a lot of experience with people throwing up, so she's able to move slightly aside and has a look of uh, distaste briefly flits over her face, uh, but is quickly replaced again by the look of concern and vague anger. And she says, oh, Zonin. All right, everybody, like I mentioned, we are having... A bit of a crisis out here, so if you could 
dust yourselves off, maybe, I don't know, gird your loins. We've got some work to do. Did someone get in? I don't know. I just got here. Pub. And Kevin kind of like looks around to see if Pub comes. You see a flicker, but Hub's avatar does not materialize. You do see on the screen walls, because the the walls in here are screens except for the broken one, which is still in the process of being fixed. Mm -hmm. On the screen wall, you see that there are a number of uh, warnings going on. And Emran, you may notice that the backup that you are clutching to your stomach is also connected by a series of cables to a console in the core here. Okay, you can see that it has a cradle in it, like a space where this would fit perfectly, and the cables are retracting as you move closer to it. All right, I mean, it's clearly meant for this purpose. So it just goes in. There's a satisfying kunk, kind of like you'd put in a VHS. And uh, the console sinks down and back into the wall. And you see some of the emergency, uh, some of the warnings start to disappear, but they're quickly replaced by other messages scrolling by very quickly, like windows are popping up, popping up, popping up as if you had clicked on a bad link back in the late 90s, early 2000s internet. God forbid. What, what sort of a general situation reading do I get from these pop-ups? So we don't get to play uh, the game with the dinosaur? No, it's not that, not in that style. Uh, you get the idea that it is, in, it is in some type of boot process. It's like Maybe Hub is rebooting. Would be the impression you Nods get. to himself. What's his... More for her benefit than his own, because he can see her anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. How many strays followed you home this time? They didn't follow me. It was like this when I got here. You hear another explosion off in the distance, and uh, some shouting. Well... Let's roll out the welcome, Matt. And Emin grabs his shield. All right. You are thus armed. Uh, so the hub's core isn't a huge room, so all of this is taking place in a bit of a cramped space. Maeve, you can still hear what's going on from inside your cocoon, but as you are in there, you start to feel, you know, growing pains? The show starring Alan Thicke? It's a fantastic show. Yeah, that, that one exactly, yes. Show me that smile again. Show me that smile. <laughs> I'm glad that we're still having our musical interlude. It's like that uh, bone deep pain as if you can feel your body, your joints shifting and rearranging somehow. Ow. Yeah, it's not a pleasant feeling. It's not the worst. It's just it feels like growing pains. But there is a weird, uncomfortable I guess pulling, pushing inside of your of your body that you can feel. You're not disintegrating into liquid, so this is not a full-on caterpillar to butterfly style situation where you actually disintegrate or liquefy, but uh, it appears that something is happening. 
and it's happening pretty quickly. Keva, you seem to be okay. Your hair is retracting slowly and is no longer completely filling the room. I just want to say that I'm not going to tell you that I'm Mothra, but Mothra and I have never been spotted in the same locale. That's true. Oh. I've never seen you and Mothra in the same area. Good, good old Mothra. Well, as long as we've got each other, we've got the world spinning right in our hands. <laughs> Baby, rain or shine, we got each other sharing the laughter and love. Thank you. This is Onan Barks again. You're welcome. Keva is going to look around and at, like try to ask, like she forgets for a second that Maeve is in the cocoon and is about to ask her, you know, what do your spiders see? But Maeve is uh, tied up right now. And uh, Keva kind of like, oh gosh, Maeve, can you hear me? Uh, get one of your spiders to wave their arm if you can hear me. Am I still getting, like, all the sensory input from the rest of the swarm? Uh, you might be. It's hard to tell because you're a little bit distracted right now with the things going on inside the cocoon. But maybe if we do a will overcome roll, and it's, uh, good, we'll see. Okay, so that is fantastic on your roll, which is, uh, succeeding with style over good. So you are able to push through the sensory overload and reconnect with your network, which is in a bit of chaos. It seems you've been out of touch with them for longer than just the last few minutes. But you are now reconnected, and you have... I guess you've created an advantage, because you succeeded with style. An advantage, something to do with your connection to the hive and the strength of it. What would that advantage be, do you think? I think if I reconnect and notice the chaos they're in, um, I want to let out, and if my vocal cords have changed yet, it'll be audible outside the cocoon, but I want to do a uh, Sylvana style for the, the horde. horde type of shout. Long live the queen. All right, and what's the effect that has on your army? I think I just want to let them know that I'm back and that they should be at attention. Okay. And as for the advantage, if maybe I can... I, I'm blending all my fantasies here. I want to do a Kerrigan-style pulse, see if I can kind of reach any other uh, insects around the hub that aren't in my swarm as of yet. If there are any more Blizzard references, I'm going to start speaking like Deckard Kane for the rest of the episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> Zonin sounds like Deckard Kane when he's uh, concussed. That's canon. Prepare for some Herodric barf. <laughs> <laughs> Emrin leaves. Emrin goes towards the fighting. Oh, Emrin, I'm tired. Okay, so Maeve, uh, you've created, I've put the advantage, long live the queen. Your hive is at full attention. They are fully ready for you. You can invoke that one for free. Uh, next time you need to do an action from uh, where you are here. Are the rest of you just leaving this cocoon in here? Uh, I mean, it might be the safest place. It's yeah, I, I think when Keva doesn't get like an immediate response exactly from Maeve, She's just, like, gonna say, you stay here, and unless you don't want to, and then she's just gonna kind of run up to see what's going on. Is there any psychic feedback inside human heads from uh, Maeve's psychic announcement? Uh, no. Mm. 
Only only insects and arachnids can pick up on this at the moment. So, Emrin and Keva, you emerge from the hub, stepping gingerly around Zonin's pool of gro- a growing pool of vomit. Yeah. And you see a scene of chaos. There are several groups of what appear to be large robotic drones that are on a rampage right now. Keva immediately like takes an assessment of this and tries to pick one that the one that's the closest and like the most or like the one that's the most like aggro and immediately like her hair darts out and tries to connect to it. All right. So as you see, you emerge, uh, so you emerge on the west side over here where you see Lean's token and stuff. And you see that there is a group immediately to the west of you. There are six boxy machines painted blue and white, and they have flashing red and blue lights on the top of them, which is a little bit disorienting, the strobing Mm -hmm. of the lights. They also do have arms and legs. The arms are tucked up underneath the box uh, that is their main body. And you can see they're, like, they're fairly small arms, but one of them is holding a baton of some sort, and the other one is holding what you might recognize now as some type of gun. And so there are six of those that you see in front of you. They're walking around, flailing at groups of people here. Uh, this is the food court area that you're inside of. And at the head of that group is a single mechanical human. It looks like a humanoid machine, from what you can tell. It has a triangle-shaped head, well, a pyramid-shaped head, not a pyramid head. A pyramid-shaped head that is pointing, like the point is towards the front of the machine. And it has got uh, sort of, how do I want to describe this? Well... Like I said, I guess it's a pyramid prism, so it's got the, I guess, the angle going up directly on top of the head like this, and then below it there's the flat part at the bottom, and then it goes on an angle. So it's like you'd see a triangle from the front, but it comes down in a point like a prism. And it has a, sorry, it has on either side of the point of the pyramid a blue light that is flashing between blue and red, but they're smaller lights and they're flashing more slowly than what you see on the big boxy robots. So this one's not as big as the boxy robots, but it does have four arms and uh, two legs, and each one of the arms is holding either a weapon or some type of device that may be meant for restraint or subdual. Okay, so that's the one that Keva is going to shoot her hair out at. Okay, uh, so that one is also, despite what the token shows, it is also painted blue and white in the same color scheme as the big boxy okay. ones. So let's do a shoot attack on that robot, see if you can connect to it. Mm, okay. And they do not have athletics, so it will roll. Okay, so you strike it uh, for one shift, and you aren't trying to damage it, you're trying to connect to it, right? Yeah. Okay, you are connected to this machine uh, and you can feel it's I guess programming it's very similar to being connected to the ship to the 88 Express okay 
uh, in that it doesn't really have a mind, but it has a series of desires, and those desires right now seem to be that it is trying to restore order. And restoring order, from what you can tell, looks like beating up everybody in this room. Okay, so Keva would generally give it the command, how is attacking people order, she'd ask it in a weird way, like, all right, we can do that once we've all rolled our initiative, which, wait, do we roll? Yes, we do. We roll initiative in this game. It's been so long since we've had a combat in Fate. Which is like our speed? Uh, da, da, da. Let me look this up in my book. Speak for yourself. I combated very recently. Too recently, in fact. Yes, you did. You had a, you had a real combat. That went really well I for you. I combated the heck out of that combat. You did. Okay. But you should see the other participant of that combat. He is fully combated as well. Yeah, right? <laughs> Conflicts. Determine the turn order. Start the first exchange. You can see that violence has been a really big part of our podcast so far. We have a lot of fights here on Splinters of a Broken Sun. <laughs> We fight not with our hands, but with our hearts. Yep. Yeah, I prefer the solving problems and talking sort of play than the... God, God gave me a gift. Hack. And it's that I'm really strong. Okay. <laughs> ah. Roll your notice. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. What should my modifier be? Do I need to roll notice too? Uh, yeah, because you may not be participating as yourself, but I assume you're going to be participating through the hive in some way. All right. Four, zero, two. I guess I should get these robots rolling also. Oh, they do have notice. Hey, Art, Art what should my modifier be? What's your notice? Oh, no, yeah, it's uh, one, but would I not take a disadvantage based on my current state? Um, yeah, I guess put a negative one there, a minus one. I wish we had Robo here to help us. <laughs> okay, Emrin, you have by far rolled the highest notice with your four. So that means Emrin is the first to act, which makes sense. You went out there ready to rumble. What do you do? But the so Keva tried to open up communications diplomatically with one of the groups of robots. Emrin is going to a attempt to assist the uh, diplomatic mission by presenting a set of terms with the end of a pointy stick. Mm. Okay. Uh, so you're going after the group to the west? I sure am. All right. Be my shield maiden. My living meat shield. So you're going to do an attack. Are you attacking the lead robot that Keva is currently connected to, or the group of drones? Emrin is going to, um, I think instead of actually trying to destroy the robot, he's going to see if, similar to when he shocked the space squid, he can somehow turn it off or mess with its mechanics by touching it okay and you're doing that with your by touching it okay 
So you reach out to touch it. Uh, I think that's still going to be a fight roll because you need to land your hand on it, and it is in fight mode. Well, I'll have you know one thing. I'm superb at that. I know. All right, let's go. Superb. You got it. All right, let's see how they do. Okay, you have succeeded with style. Uh, so that means you've got your hand on it and you've got some type of advantage. Well, they are definitely not auditors because they're not rolling like fives or six every time. <laughs> Thank goodness, finally I could style on someone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when you succeed with style, if you're trying to damage it, you can do extra damage. But you said you were trying to just touch it. So you touch it, and you're attempting to disrupt it in some way? I'm going to see if I can just turn it off. Okay. Uh, as you touch it, you can see that the insides of it light up with pathways of SGM. So it does have wiring or tubing or some sort in there made of that. So you could, with your advantage make an advantage on it or just completely shut it down with the roll that you made i would say yeah i just pull the plug on it for right now okay what does it look like when you do that i think emran um still has his hand on the hilt of his sword when he rushes out and he sees that keva's trying to reprogram it and he figures or like attempting to speak to it in the way that she does the 88 express and he doesn't fully understand how it works but it might be easier if it wasn't actively trying to kill us. So Emin rushes over. How, how About how big is this uh, robot? It's about a foot shorter than you. Okay. So it's... <laughs> That's like hysterical. Seven-ish <laughs> seven feet tall. So yeah, Emin, massive giant Emrin rushes over and places... Just... He probably... Swings hard enough to dent the armor anyway, but his mind powers just search through the machine for for tubing and wiring. And if you can see, there's a a sorry to interrupt. No, sorry. You can see as soon as your hand touches it, it lights up like the pathways. There's a huge concentration of them in the head, and then like looking like a nervous system spreading out throughout the rest of its body. Yeah. So. If this were an anime, it would just be a stylized, like, crunch noise. And Emrin just pulls the plug on a lot of... Just essentially pulls out the spinal column or separates it for temporarily. The robot is in the midst of taking a step forward because it was about to go and attack uh, Keva. And instead, it just falters and falls to its knees and then forward onto its face. And you can see that the head is still moving back and forth, and the eyes are still flashing, but the rest of its body is uh, incapacitated. All right, and that brings us to Maeve. I'll try to see if I can get some spiders to go on the ceiling and try to tangle up the drones uh, with the robot Keva is trying to reprogram. Uh, it is going to take a bit for the spiders to arrive. Like, they're ready to go, but they're not currently in this part of the hub. Uh, but we will use, if you want, you can use your advantage there or a fate point to have them arrive at the beginning of next round. I'll use my advantage to have them arrive next round. Okay. So that's your free invocation on Long Leave the Queen. You hear the spiders, they're like a little bit reluctant to move, and then you do like a mental snap at them, and you hear them really starting to hustle through the the vents and so on where they've set up their homes 
They are on their way. You can hear their approach. About, let's see, how many were you planning to summon? I'm not sure. I guess enough to try to tangle them, maybe two or three. Okay. Yep, they are on the way. You got three of them on the way. So do these robots, when you were describing them, you kind of described them as boxes with some arms. Do they look kind of like the power droids from Star Wars? Like the box with the legs? Like a, no. Uh, no, I know what you mean, but uh, they, they look much more mobile than that. Like they look like they could actually okay. cause some problems. Let's see here. Yeah, like a cross between Atachi Koma from Ghost in the Shell and that security robot from Robocop. Okay. I have to Google that because I haven't seen Robocop in years. Wait, ED209. Present Hall Pass. It, Hand over yeah, the nuke. Except the, uh, the arms are smaller and tucked up underneath the main chassis there. But it is a large, imposing machine like that. Looking at the Tachikoma from Ghost in the Shell, I just... Emran suddenly wants his own army of spider droids. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is now their turn. So, the... Uh, main robot at the head of this one is just on the ground doing nothing. You see coming from the south, suddenly there is another one with its own pack of drones. And it is marching up towards you, making its way over towards Emrin. The drones, uh, you hear more yelling and stuff from the east and north side mm -hmm. of the room as well. And uh, more explosive noises. And the drones, the drones go up in an attempt to take out Emrin, who appears to be the clear and present danger. Now they are a mob, which means that teamwork is their strength. And they are going to uh, attack Emrin. Three of them in the front are wielding batons that are sparking at the end. You recognize them as being uh, the same as the stun batons that you found earlier in the hub. And the three in the back are firing something attached to wires towards Emrin. Oh boy. Don't tase me, bro. Yeah. So it's teamwork. They get to add each other's strength to their role and... Aha! Uh -huh. There we and go. And so a now fight Emrin. has begun. <laughs> yes, Emrin, you may defend with your fight against that uh, role of eight. Let's see how brolic I truly am. <laughs> I believe in you. How about a six? Uh, it's a six, which is, you know, it's, that's, uh, that's what that is. Currently, they would get a two-shift hit on you. I th with your fantastic roll versus their legendary attack. I would, I would like to know what they do, so I'll take a two-shift uh, physical stress. Okay, so you can add that to your sheet. Uh, you, when the batons hit you, you feel your muscles reacting uh, without your command so you feel your muscles seizing up and jangling each time the tips of one of the batons touches you and when the thing attached to the wires hits you it sends more jolts through you as well and you find yourself slowly losing control of your body the longer these wires are attached to you and the more times these sticks uh poke at you excellent so they're they have you surrounded this group and they are they are whacking at you. And Keva, you came out. You're out here as well. Mm -hmm. The other group of drones comes up and attempts to do the same thing to you. Okay, so I roll my fight to defend? Yeah. Let's see how their, okay. how their fight goes, too. 
Okay, they've got a uh, a fantastic fight roll against you here, and you've got a uh, fair fight roll in response. Yeah. Right now, they would be getting a four shift hit on you. Yeah, I mean, huh. I'm gonna spend a fate point, fate, fate point to reroll. Hopefully, I'll get. What aspect would you like to invoke for that? Um. If you hurt my friend, I'll hurt you. They've just totally tased Emrin, and I need to stop them. Okay. You are filled with renewed uh, vigor at seeing Emrin go down in this circle of attackers. So what do you... Well, make your make your new roll, and then we'll narrate how it goes. Oh my gosh, it's the exact same. It's still a two. Yeah. Uh, so they start shocking her, and Keva kind of like X like is trying to do a mind over matter sort of thing like trying to uh like she staggers and she's trying to hold herself up but uh she kind of just falls down but I don't know if she disconnected okay if you're still connected that's fine you don't have to say that you're yeah that you've disconnected make sure that you she's just on the ground yeah, now. make sure that you distribute that uh four shift however works for you yeah okay uh so lean is here as well she gently props zonin against the wall of the outside of the hub's core and she quickly snaps out her extendable baton which is as you may recall the glowing rainbow colored stick that she so loves and turns towards the group that is beating down on emrin just because they're closer to her and points her stick at them, and you see bands of rainbow energy explode out from the tip towards them. So let's see how she does with that. Um, Keva's gonna yell out, though, to her, Don't completely destroy them! I think they're, like, the hub's defenders! Lean is in the middle of blasting them with her rainbow lasers when she hears I you know. say that. I know, but I, uh, she can destroy one or two, but not all of them, I mean... She's okay. Just imagine this poor girl twitching on the ground while she has that. <laughs> uh, if tasing were funny. And they don't have athletics, so... Okay. Oh, boy. All right. So, Lean's lasers um, blast apart two of the drones entirely. They just explode uh, from the rainbow bolts. So, she looks over at you once you are shouting, no, don't destroy them and she looks at you and looks back at the smoking ruins of the two drones and then looks at you again and she just kind of does a shrug with a oh my bad look on her face decommission them don't completely destroy them <laughs> give it ads Lean's like, not not really my forte uh, and that's your turn keva you're up oh boy uh so Keva's not gonna, like, try to get up. She's just gonna try to communicate with the robot, like, we're civilian, you know, we're workers. Okay. Stop hurting us, basically. Like, we are staff, and um, Keva, like, remembers the whole, like, uh, does she, like, she would, like, try to, like, remember back from the early days when they got there and she got like the designation as uh, a technician like technician and she tries to like somehow like pull those credentials from her mind and throw them at the robot 
Okay. And that Emrin is too, and the rest are, you know, so that's what she's trying to say. All right. It sounds like you are trying to create an advantage. Yes. Using rapport to establish a positive mood on a target or in a scene to get someone to confide in you. There you pep talk yeah. somebody. Okay. So roll your rapport. Ah, uh, two. Okay. Uh, and this thing doesn't have any of those empathy or anything skills, so they'll just roll a mediocre defense. Okay. Ooh, negative one. You have succeeded in convincing this robot that you are a technician. And the robot's eyes turn blue, and uh, it stops moving its head around. Okay. Do I get, like, any sense of what it's trying to do? He Like, more information? Yeah, the... This machine... So, what's the what's the advantage that you've created with your rapport here? Um, I uh, outrank, uh, meaning, like, it sees Keva as being more in charge, like, higher up, so whatever she tells it, it's gonna tell, like, whatever she asks, like... It's going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay. So you can put the advantage, uh, I suppose, commanded on that, on mm -hmm. this one over here. And, okay, um, you can use that advantage when we come around to you again to learn more information from it. Okay. So you have successfully uh, gotten this one to stand down. Okay. And learn that it is attempting to defend the hub. That's what I learned. Right, okay, so... You're also still being hit with sticks and stuff, so... <laughs> yeah, in mind. Uh, I just imagine Keva's gonna shout, like, They're defenders! Try not to get get the civilians to try to be as non-combative as possible, she kind of yells. And Zonin. I, I got Matt Damon, right? Uh, Matt Damon is floating next to you. <sighs> I, um... <clears throat> floating? Yeah, it's floating next to you like a little, like a little knobby. Hey, listen! Oh. Yep. <laughs> We're back to this again. <laughs> yep. I, can I, like, mentally beckon Matt Damon to cover my, my head? Uh, I don't think so, because you're not connected to him at the moment. Okay. You would have to... Take him and put him on. All right, bed. I do that. So it's not <laughs> your head is bandaged uh, because your skull is yeah, cracked. Yeah, no, this is, this is very so, painful. <laughs> yeah, this is not a good experience for you. I want you to roll your will overcome to see if you can manage to push past the pain to get Matt Damon onto your head, and you want to get a fair will roll. Okay, you did that. You got a great will roll. So what does it look like here as you manage to get that hat onto your head or helmet? Um, I like wincing and uh, like possibly reopening some wounds that would uh, be bloody. Can I get Matt Damon on my head in order to uh, interface with him? But then uh, like, I believe I can do this. Just like think about a larger hat, like a large to kind of fit around my bulbous swollen face. Uh, yeah, the helmet immediately as soon as it is on you resizes to accommodate the bandaging uh, you can still feel blood leaking out from some of the hastily bound wounds uh, can you can you describe again what the heads of these robots look like of the lead robots or the uh, the, the lead ones? ones 
it's like a pyramid pointing towards the front yeah. with a blue and red light on each side. So uh, it's a total don't think of purple elephant situation. And I'm like looking at these robots and I uh, all I can think about is pyramid heads. And I want uh, <laughs> I want Matt Damon to be in the shape of a pyramid head. Uh, the helmet begins to shift into a reflection of what these robots' heads look like. All right. And Dan says, uh, the, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just, uh, oh, what do I do? I get to a doctor. Um, scan for a doctor. Okay. Constance. Uh, Lean is highlighted in your vision. She seems to know some stuff. Uh, oh, wait. And then it goes around and it's like, wait, is it... Is that Maeve? And it's looking... Uh, it can see through the wall behind you. He's engaged uh, some type of x-ray or heat vision and is showing you a view, a picture-in-picture picture of from behind you, the cocoon. It's like, I don't I don't know if she can help you right now. Uh, I don't know where the other doctor lady is. Um, all right. I, uh, oh man, I'm just going to try and take a pot shot of one of these robots. I like, I, I'm not going to be super accurate. I just want to hit a flurry into the group. Okay. So you're going to shoot past lean and Emrin, or are you shooting at the Keva's group? Um, I'll shoot at the Keva's group. The Keva. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, roll your shoot at a negative one. Oh, no. Where have I seen okay. these rolls before? <laughs> Why? It's all flooding Previously. back to me. And head trauma. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. A negative two. Yeah, all right. Okay, so uh, oh you got a roll that on the ladder says terrible. I remember everything uh, now. <laughs> it's all coming back to roll me. On the uh, on the ladder that says fair. So uh, your shot goes wide. It doesn't strike Lean or Keva or Emrin or anything, but it does blast into one of the pillars. Uh, and as you may recall, the pillars are already pretty badly damaged from something that you don't know that happened here in the deep past and it's just like concrete and uh whatever just shattering all over the place it's cosmetic damage for now oh for now which brings us back up to emran hello hello i am very good at turning off robots you are i would like to turn off our other pyramid friend okay so roll your fight hello smithers you are quite good at turning me off excuse me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would like to burn a fate point to reroll that. Uh, you don't need to, because you you tied. You can, but uh, you don't, that's, I'm astonished at that roll. You got uh, yeah, okay, there it is. You got four negatives out of uh, all negative dice on that. Out of principle, Matt, I need to be good at this. Okay, I want to create an advantage, Matt. It's what I want. What what aspects are you going to use? So we went from tangled to I want something that I want. <laughs> Is Veronica here? I don't care how I want it now. Something that I want. 
Veronica's here in a way. I mean, she lives inside Maeve's head she, now. Yeah, she God lives. God bless Roger Candy. Very nice. <laughs> All right. So, sorry. What aspect are you using? Uh, because I see through the shells of my dead gods, I can tell that even the divine may die, and I decide when. Mm-hmm. All right. So you use okay. your connection to the SGM in this to redirect your, uh, I guess, palm strike or your grabby hands as they are hitting you with the sticks. The four of them that are still there. I guess there you go. You succeeded with style. I'm imagining like you reach up and grab one of their arms, but what do you think happens? Yeah, I, I think as they're pummeling me, I just reach up and I catch one of the batons and then I sort of like I just push my hand all the way through my shield with the straps on and grab the other arm. Okay. And pull myself up and just staring at it very intently, nosebleed, and just no, no more touch. With your roll, uh, with your roll there, you can deactivate two of them. I do this. Okay. So uh, again, you see the like the flow of the SGM through their internal structure, and I guess you just kind of twist it or unplug it. Yep. Basically, just breaking things that I can easily fix. All right. And the two of them, the two of them that are closest to you, hitting you with the batons, they have that and slump down. Uh, no longer active. The two in the back are still there uh, tasing you, unfortunately. Okay, and three spiders emerge from different points around the ceiling of this room. Maeve, you're on. I'd like to use them to tangle up the uh, the drones by Keva. Okay, so you're going to create an advantage. Get me out of a sticky situation with your sticky web. <laughs> Uh, let's see. This will be creating an advantage with... I kind of want to say shoot. I mean, that makes sense if you're dropping webs from the ceiling. I think shoot is the closest one. All right, let's do that. They don't really have anything to defend against with that. They're not very fast, so... Well, then. And yet. Um, and yet. <laughs> Every time you denigrate them, they will uh... succeed, Matt. Yeah, I know. Okay, so they've rolled uh, a two. Uh, so they've got a fair roll there versus your mediocre webbing roll. Uh, I don't know if you want to invoke something or if you want to leave it as is. I'll leave it as is, but I also want to ask, uh, when I'm cocooned, do I still have all those smaller bugs following me? Uh, yeah, they're starting to crawl up over the cocoon now. Oh, I, see, just, I like, see where this is going. Hang out there. Full oogie boogie. I, I might be oogie boogie. <laughs> oh, no. Um, no. I'll wait and see what the small bugs do, because I, I don't th I'm a think I'm out of actions, but I know what I want to do for my next round. Okay. Uh, you hear from the north and east sides more explosions and a very familiar voice screaming something in rage, like an incoherent rage-filled sound, uh, followed by a loud crunch. And you also hear some calmer voices, and you hear some type of roaring noise? that isn't familiar, but is uh, unsettling, to say the least. A bestial roar from over on that side of the room. Did someone go Hulk? I guess we'll find out. Okay, so I need to... Well, we already have Spider-Man, or Spider-Woman, <laughs> Spider-Gwen. Uh... Or is she Silk? Uh... Okay, the two drones that are still tasing Emrin continue to attempt to continue doing that 
I mean, there are far fewer of them now, so uh, their role is only average, I believe, is the term for that one. The fools don't know just how bad I'm going to reverse tase him. <laughs> the fools! Pretty, pretty thoroughly. Okay, so you've got a fantastic role there. Uh, so they have been tasing you through this, uh, these spikes basically attached to the end of wires attached to little... Well, they're holding tasers. Um, what do you do I, in your defense here? I look down at the, the, tase, the taser cords that are in my stomach and grab them both in my hand and just redirect the flow. Okay, so you're, you get to create an advantage because you succeeded with style in your defense. Or, sorry, you get to create a boost, my bad, which is the same thing, but temporary. On, on these ones or for me and Joe? On these ones in particular. Uh, what's what do you want to call the boost? I'm not that I'm not feeling very creative today. Tased and confused. Sure, that's pretty creative. <laughs> it's just one of those tase. There, I think yeah. <laughs> just one of those tase, man. Happy tase. There they go. <laughs> All right, the other lead machine. Uh, did you did you disable the lead machine? that was going after Keva, or was it the drones that you were working on on your last go? No, it was drones. Okay. Yeah. So the lead machine that was uh, with the ones going after Keva continues to do so. They they feel like they've got her on the ropes. So the security bot um, raises one of its forearms, and it is holding, uh, all again, it, it is holding a taser, and it fires it at Keva. So you can... Defend against that with your athletics. It has made a good roll. Oh, for me? Okay. Yes. Just an average old skill. Okay. So you can, uh, you made a fair roll, so you can take a one shift hit in your stress there. Mm. And the drones continue to pile on with their stun batons. Yeah, I guess I'll do that. Um. Okay. You'll need to uh. <laughs> defend against that with your fight skill as they surround and continue to beat on you with their batons. Each strike Whoa. more annoyingly painful and potentially dangerous than the last. Okay, so quick questions. Yep. Um, beforehand... I only had to tick off the two two boxes. So you took four stress last time. So you yeah, could have put that yeah. in your three box and your one box, maybe. You can split it up that okay. way. So I believe you have a two box remaining and then your consequences. It depends how much physique you have. Yeah. So, wait. No, I'm now confused. When you say you have a two box... Okay, sorry. And a one box. So yeah, in I'm, total. I'm. I don't know if you're talking about with the four athletics I just took with the extra one. So. Oh, that was your athletics. Okay, so you took that one, and that was your athletics. You you rolled a two. They rolled a seven. So there's a five shift hit coming towards you. Uh, you just took a one shift hit, and before that, you took a four shift hit. What is your physique? Okay, so. My physique is a plus two, 
So should I roll? Let's hold on. We, we, to... We're using that to determine how much, how many stress boxes you have. I believe. I only have the three stress boxes. Okay. So we're going to have to go over into consequences at this point. Okay. Now so. you have minor, moderate, and major consequences, and they can take in two, four, and six shifts of damage, respectively. Two, four. That's interesting because mine only has one, two, three, and four. Yes, that's because the sheet is not, uh, not very clear. Each stress box yeah. is one, two, three, and four, and they can take that many shifts, but the consequence boxes are two, four, and six. Right, okay. See, this is the problem with mm -hmm. some of this visual processing issues here. They need to be more clear yeah. for those of us with these problems. <sighs> Remember, uh, tabletop people, that not everyone is equally in... Uh, gifted in visual processing. So try to make things more simplified. That would be nice. Okay. So, um, so... You'll probably need to take a mild and a moderate. Yeah, so mild is... In, unless uh, you want to reroll your defense or add plus two to your defense by invoking an aspect. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, probably add a plus two just so that this is a little less complicated. Okay. And... So um, we'll take this one step at a time. What aspect do you want to invoke to increase your fighting skill defenses? Well, I already uh, did, uh, if you hurt my friend, I'll hurt you. Mm -hmm. uh, you, and, uh, you do have your hair, which is part of your hidden arsenal, right? And we established yeah. back in the mall that it can act as a shield as well. Yeah, so I guess we'll go with Hidden Arsenal, and one of the the other, like, free strand of Keva's hair that isn't connected to the robot, like, comes up, fans out into, like, a shield. Just imagine, like, these strands, uh, like, you know how when you put in a ponytail or something, like, you can, like, flatten your hair so it comes out into a fan, like a circular shape, and that's what it kind of does, it circles out and um, hardens into the shield-like thing and uh, a couple of the darts from the taser uh, bolts uh, connect with it and it kind of takes in the, the electricity uh, protecting Keva a bit from some of the <laughs> darts. Alright, so that means that you only have to take three shifts, which you could put into your moderate yeah, so I'll do a moderate, which is for three shifts. Yeah, and a moderate consequence is something that takes some time to recover from. Right, yeah. So it might be, in this case, something like maybe you have a broken bone or a contusion of some sort that's pretty serious from the, uh, mm -hmm. from the stun batons. Yeah, I, I would say that Keva, like, her upper arm is where they've kind of yeah. been, um, they got her because she was on her side. So uh, around there, it's like starting to really bruise and... Okay. So that arm yeah. is like thoroughly, uh, there might be a fracture or something in it that is going yeah. to prevent you from using that arm for a while. So it is 
out of commission that arm. So you can put in your yeah. moderate consequence, broken arm or fractured arm, and then um, your shield is now up, defending you from the rain of blows. Yeah. Hopefully it will hold out long enough for either you to make a counterattack or someone else to help you out. Mm -hmm. Okay, I believe that brings us to Lean. Lean turns to see this happening to you, Keva, and looks briefly concerned, but that's quickly overtaken with annoyance. And she's muttering like, I thought you were supposed to be competent fighters. What's going on here? And she attempts to use her stun. She attempts to use her extendable baton differently this time. She waves it around her head, and it extends even further into basically the shape of an infinity symbol, mm -hmm. but long and drawn out. And she sort of uh, does a whipping motion with her arm, and the infinity symbol expands and extends like a whip. And she attempts to use that to knock the machines away from you, from uh, over there. Keva yells back, I'm more of a diplomatic character. <laughs> okay. I'm more of a bard, honestly. Think about it. Keva is technically a bard in a few ways. That makes sense. Okay, so she got a four there, and let's have them defend. They don't have anything special for this defense. Whoa! All right. <laughs> that is that is a negative three. Okay. That's a lot of so, dead robots. <laughs> the, yeah. the drones rolled a negative three versus Lean's positive four. So let's see, that's seven shifts. All right. So she clears the three drones closest to you uh, off of you. Like they are struck by this rainbow infinity symbol and just sent flying uh, across... They land inside the pen that used to be where Chitter was kept, oh. and they stop moving in there. She did not blow them up this time, so she, like, gives you a thumbs up. Like... <laughs> Keva, like, tries to lift the one arm, and then she's like, ah! Because she was going to return the thumbs up, but... <laughs> All right, they're out of commission. And uh, Zonin. Uh, Zonin reaches out his hand in an attempt to open a portal. Ooh. <laughs> But wait. All right. Open a portal from where to where? Um, from uh, in this room to the last place he remembers Constance being. All right. So you want to open a portal with your auditor gauntlet? Uh, sure. He is. Yes. Sure. Yes. Okay. Um, I want you to roll your, let's see, your rapport as an overcome action to see what Matt Damon makes of this command. All right. <sighs> okay. Does this mean that Zonin's going to start going through an emo phase? <laughs> he might. <laughs> we done been there. And we'll have him roll empathy. Okay. Fortunately, uh, despite your role there, uh, Matt Damon's empathy role was sufficient at a good for him to understand what you wanted to say and Instead of blowing a hole through two walls, which is what he would have done, uh -huh. he says, uh, we, we don't have that service on offer, boss. Um, you you want to try something else, maybe? Uh, um, what will Zonin do? Uh, Zonin responds with, oh, whatever you say, Jack. And then um, Zonin reaches for his phone. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yes, that is what he does. He reaches for his phone. Okay. You're patting at your hip. Okay. Uh, there doesn't seem to be anything there. Uh, I guess that brings us back up to Emran. I don't want to be useless. I'm just... <laughs> really yeah. That's what the character is going through. Just heal, man. Just heal. Try to call Hub on your cell phone. All right. What's Emran got for us? I- I'm going to swallow the other lead robot Holt now. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of interesting if he tried. Like, hmm. Could- I am very big. <laughs> you are. I think Emran's going to just... I don't know if this is outside of the scope of my powers, but I want to try and dominate the lead robot with my... I will probably just end up touching it off, but like, t- turning it off. But uh, this is what he wants to do. Okay. Alright, so your goal is to take command of this machine. I'm a bad influence. Indeed. With your... Okay. Maeve is my friend. Assuming direct control. Uh, okay, so how would we do this? I guess that would be your crafts. Okay. You're attempting to rewire it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So let's try to first roll to create an advantage with your crafts. Okay. And it seeing you coming will attempt to defend by pushing you away. Good. Perfect. Okay. So you can create an advantage with style over this machine. Okay. The next step, we're, we're going into a mini contest here sure at the moment. Uh, we're, zooming, we're zooming in on this exchange. So the next step here is, all right, you've got a hold of its, its guts with your mind hands uh, through your connection to it that you've, you've touched it there. And your next step is you're going to have to use your lore to figure out how you would rewire this so that it would listen to you. Because this is a very complex thing you're attempting to do. You are trying to reprogram a computer by moving around the wires inside of it. I'm into it. So you'll need to make a great lore roll overcome. Okay, I think I can get this. I would very much like to see it happen. Okay, awesome. I got a three. Oh. So that's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely burn the fate point to make it happen. Okay. What are we going to invoke for this? Maeve is the hand, I am the blade, and I'm following her uh, good example. Hmm, what's the example that she's set that you're following here? Um, I'm, I think authority must be obeyed or it uh, must be destroyed. So I think I've seen Maeve conquer other beings with her mind, and I kind of want that. All right. So that will, let's see, you'll, you'll add a plus two to that, I guess? Surely will. Okay, and good. You are rewiring this robot's brain with essentially brute force uh, and a bit of finesse trying to figure out what plugs into where. And uh, we will come back to that on the next round. Maeve's spiders. Uh, do they take my turn or do would I get a separate action from them? Uh, you're basically acting through the hive right now because otherwise you're... A cocoon. You're like Metapod right now. I am Metapod. Um, I will have them try to tangle the other three that we're going after, Keva. Okay. Uh, so try and create an advantage with your shoot again. Why do they keep rolling Matt, so well? Matt, you have to stop. I can't. Yeah. You're being oh. a meanie pants. 
and you don't mean to. It's it's not my intention. They have no ranks in that. It's, <laughs> there, it's a flat zero roll, no bonus, and there's again, no earthly reason that they should be able to succeed this often. There's no. It doesn't make any sense. All right. So currently, uh, the spider webs are tangling around the drones, but the drones are just so big and so much made of metal that the webs can't really contain them unless you want to try and do something with your fate points. Yeah, I'll burn the fate point to add plus two because otherwise I was going to get wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You get a uh... one shift hit on it, and uh, that is enough that one of the cables... The cables... One of the, there's a word I'm looking for here, strands of web is able to tangle up one of the machines. And so it is taken out of commission. It's all tangled up over there. You know, when I first made Keva, I didn't mean for her to be so squishy, but... She's not that squishy. It's she's just... just she's she's, she's getting beasted on by these shitty drones. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a... a, a series of unfortunate events that she's going through. Okay. Uh, and that means that it is... Uh, oh, it's their turn. Okay. The two drones that were had been tasing Emrin, having had their tasers taken away, uh, pause for a moment and then turn and march over towards Lean because she's busy waving her whip around with a fearsome look on her face. Yeah, good luck with that, mate. And they start... Uh, <laughs> they start trying to... <laughs> Uh, tase her in the back. There's only two of them now. Oh, that is so... That is so, like... Ugh. Not cool, man. Not cool. Well, you know. I mean... They have no honor. They're robots. I will teach them. This is getting attacked in the back. And, yeah, okay. I don't know what they were thinking. We have our own beast. They go over towards Lean and attempt to tase her in the back, and she gets like a new type flash, like in her forehead, and like turns to just look at them with the angriest expression. And it almost looks like just that expression is what stops them in their tracks, but in fact, it's because she has flung out her other hand and uh, she has thrown a bunch of, it looks like maybe marbles under their feet, and they've lost their footing. So instead of tasing her, they're trying to regain their footing. And she's like, that's what you get. Good. And the other two drones are still beating on Keva because she's the one who's right there, unfortunately. But what about the robot that I've been talking to? What has the robot been saying? What have you learned from the robot? Well, yeah, that's a... You to it told you that it thinks it's defending the hub. Yeah, and that the other robots, uh, sorry, someone told me that I have sushi. Oh, nice. <laughs> Later. Yeah. Um, Matt. A happy bright I, spot. Matthew. You can sir. see, I have not put anything in there. <laughs> sir, please stop. She is just a young so, girl. <laughs> oh, gosh. So... Keva uh, was that it was trying to defend the hub, and she's like, "Well, defend me." That's what she said to the robot. Okay. Because I'm here for the hub. The robot's eyes turned red, and its head turns, and then that's it. Because Emrin unplugged its spinal cord. 
I keep fucking up everything. I think this is only happening. Everyone's this is only like, happening because I ate memory. Like... <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that. Okay, uh, you can defend with your physique or your fight skill against this uh, uh, superb roll they have made. Tokeva's ripped. You're up. You're done. Okay, so she has fight. Yeah, so fight. Uh, she's trying to like roll out of the way. That's how I imagine uh, fighting is like, and deflecting with the shield. Right. As they continue to rain down blows on you. These ones, the drones are much bigger than the the lead robots. Like they're big. Yeah. Okay, so I got a four. Yeah, that's good. You could juice that up a little bit. Then I will be out of fate points. Yeah, but they're almost out of robots. Yeah, true enough. But see, the the problem is I couldn't. I never got a chance to invoke the commander thing. Yeah, I mean, that's still it's still going to be there after this yeah. fight ends. You'll still have that free invoke on it. It's just right now there's okay. not much that thing can do. Yeah, so I'll use the fate point to get to uh, six. Okay. And say uh, it's a way with animals that Keva has been able to watch them enough that she knows these robots, animal-like minds, that she's able to predict where they're going to try to hit her again. And she's able to kind of, like, dodge the best she can splayed out on the ground. Like, she kind of, like rolls into a duct position and the the shield is out and she is trying to use her poncho as a sling for her arm for the bad arm yeah okay we did mean thematically we did mention that these things seem to be similar to the ship and we've uh compared yeah. the ship to an animal in terms of uh, having keva interact with it that way before so yeah. Yeah, we can allow that. Okay, the uh, shield successfully blocks the blows that they are raining down at this point, and it is your turn. Orleans, but, you know, you're in the most immediate action here. Yeah, so uh, can she, like, try to order them around and say, like, I'm a technician! Stop attacking me! Uh, you can tr You'd have to connect to them first. Okay, so uh, the the cord that's connected to the slightly decommissioned robot, like, kind of like breaks off into two more parts. So now it's three, and the other two parts, like, have split off and shoot out to these other last two robots. Okay. And connect to them and try to. All right, and create your advantage using fight or shoot. Sorry, okay. it's shoot. <sighs> Was about to oh, be wait. like <gasps> fight. They're connected to your brain. So they're like limbs. So yeah, you can use fight. Yeah. I get it if it's like a distance away, but yeah, they're right there. When it's closer, it would it makes sense that it'd be fight. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, and they will defend with their fight. Please get a three or two or one. Or less than four. Please yeah. get less than four. I got less than four. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you are connected. We're going to zoom in on this a little bit. Uh, your next phase is to use your rapport to convince them to stop attacking you. 
And we'll have them roll their will defense. Hey, see? They can roll badly. Oh. Aha! Yay! There you go. Yeah, against Keva, finally. Yay! You have succeeded with style. They halt immediately, and you sense the uh, message awaiting instructions. Uh, and she tells one of them to help her off. Right. One of them uh, drops its baton and its taser and reaches down a hand uh, towards you. It's got like three-fingered hands, like pinchy hands, but it is extending it towards you to help you to your feet. Kevin's also going to shout out, I got them neutralized! Uh, Lean, looking at the ones that are still trying to shoot her behind her, says, Oh yeah? These ones! Oh, sure, good! And she whips her infinity symbol around and does a little flourish. It drops down being into baton form, and she tries to just knock these two over with it, like as if she were wielding a baseball bat. Because that's how she rolls. Want to try some cricket? (laughs) Nobody knows what a crumpet is, much less cricket. That wasn't a great roll from Lean, but hopefully their roll won't be great either. It wasn't. Roll 20 has like a blind spot for Lean. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, her baseball bat crunches into the side of, of one of these huge machines and it topples over. Uh, the one next to it is still going though. And, uh, so there's still one rampaging around on this side. And that brings us to Zonin. I, uh, turn Matt Damon into a fedora. (laughs) All right. And then in my, uh weird stupor i i give a an attempt to give a a charming wink to one of the robots and then finger gun it but accidentally shoot a laser beam out my finger Hmm. as you are finger gunning uh at this point matt damon is just like you know what (laughs) i think that's enough of that my operator is incapacitated it is time to take the wheel I think Matt Damon essentially takes over at this That's point. That's totally fair. Yeah. As you're winking and finger gunning, he's like, yeah, that's that's close enough to a laser. Um, all right. And I'll have them defend. If you want to roll your shoot, you can roll at plus one because of the Z aiming. The zone in aiming. Oh, boy. Z target. <laughs> no. I deny you. <laughs> I re- I rebuke the devil inside this roll twenty game. Can I? I cast it out. Can I roll for the robot and you roll for me? Uh, I think Matt Damon invokes one of my fate points for his yeah, for his for aiming us. skill. You know what? To bring it up to a three. You know what? And that. You know what? This. Sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt. I'm trying to get a word in edgewise, which is. It's just like Ocarina of Time. He's Navi, and the Z-targeting sucks. Yep. The system was amazing. <laughs> the uh, laser... Oh, for the time, but it sucks now. The laser that you blast uh, puts a hole directly through the final drone, and that one's destroyed. But it is no longer a concern. Uh, you still hear noises from the other side of the room, but Emrin, you are rewiring this robot's brain. Um... I'm going to roll a percentile die here. Do you want low or high? Uh, 
Colleen, what do you think? Uh, Let's, I'm going with high, Bob. Okay, let's say there's a 75%... No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. 75% chance of this uh, going... Yodeling game? Badly. Whatever. So, exactly. Uh, no, I got you. Uh, do you need a clink up or 75? No! Oh, okay. Dang it! Uh, <laughs> roll the 22. If you, uh, I'm so it's sorry. Fine. It, it's not you. It's, it's, it's the devil in the program. I'm still here. I just don't want you to watch me eating. Dare we say the ghost in the machine? Matt, that means I win, right? <laughs> it's a 22 for people that are listening out of 100. Which is, but I'm going to assume that the 22 means that's, that's 22 very good reasons why he wants to be my friend. So you got the 22, uh, which means you rewire this robot's brain and you're pretty sure you got it. You're like, yeah, nailed it. And you take your hand away from the robot's head and it falls over. Good. Oh, you know, that's, that's good. I will, fix, I will finish that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can still hear sounds from the other side of the room, but um, Keva has something wrong with her arm. Zonin is zoning out. <laughs> huh? So, what do you want to do, uh, Maeve? It's your turn now. How is um? How are my growing pains? Intense, higher than before, or worse than before, I should say. But you are almost feeling like it must be getting over the worst part by now. It must be over the worst part by now. How much worse could it get? How's my little oogie boogie entourage? They're just uh, swarming all over your cocoon. I want to send some of them to the control panel so that I can read vicariously what the booting process is saying. Okay. A couple of them uh, crawl up there, and you can see that the boot process is at about 60%. And there are a couple of error messages that are popping up, and there's one that says abort, retry, ignore, about some process that it's trying to integrate unplug it and plug it back in is it the error of type 20469 has occurred cannot access printer <laughs> uh, it just it says uh, error in process and a string of numbers and words that don't make much sense to anyone uh, who is not a an ai programmer and it says abort, retry, ignore on that particular window. The spider yeah. presses the tab key and awaits refreshment. <laughs> um. That's all I got for now. Do you want to? Okay, we're just going to leave it that way. All right, you hear from around the corner, uh, you see someone come into view. Keva, you can see this. You see Esme mm -hmm. appear to the east of you. My fam. She is holding in her hands a giant calla lily. Like, you know what a calla lily looks like? Yeah. yeah. One of those, but giant. And she is engaged in a duel with one of those lead robots where she is swinging it around like a club. And you see it impact the leader robot's head. And rather than just like bouncing, fluffing off like a flower should, it crunches and dents the armor of that robot's helmet. 
suddenly life has new meaning for me <laughs> suddenly <laughs> so they're engaged in a fight over there that appears to be spilling south a couple of the drones are chasing after them as well trying to tase esme as they go and you see a tall man who has this long flowing hair flowing out behind him and uh, this pointed beard. He's got a beautiful tiara on and these ruffled shoulders to the uh, like to the robes that he's wearing. They're like these uh, this beautiful deep indigo color that it's wearing. And he has got a sword in his hand. Uh, not a very... It looks like a rapier, basically. And the long sword he is using and jabbing and stabbing at the joints and every gap he can find in the armor of these drones and they are slowly sparking more and more each time he strikes at them with lightning speed uh, so yeah the robots are down what are you doing keva well as they kind of come into view uh, imagine keva has is getting to her feet and you can see her head slowly watch them come into view as she turns her head slowly and the robot's head's turn slowly in unison and uh he's just gonna be like a long time no see esme she turns to look over her shoulder and says oh keva and uh as she's saying that the stun baton slams into her face and she stumbles backwards grits her teeth uh, and renews her battle as we'll talk later um can i tell the robots that are my, my entourage now that uh, <laughs> uh, she uh, tells the robot that her entourage that Esme is uh, what's a good term? Ally? I was going to say janitor but well, <laughs> she is taken out of the trash right so now Sanitation engineer. <laughs> oh, that she's one of the people that works in the hub and that they need to protect her from. Uh... I don't think you need to invent a lie because you have taken control of these drones. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that the other robot is malfunctioning, but that's about it. You, you can just tell them to do something and they'll do it. Like you seized control. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, they, they turn and they start making their way over there. Uh, a couple more of the drones hove into view over to the north. So Zonin and Emrin, you can see these ones. Uh, these drones are fighting a monster. There's three of them. And there's this creature that's like 10 feet tall, roaring up on its back legs, covered in bristly hair. It's got these vicious teeth in a huge maw in its mouth. And these massive paws tipped with, like, razor blades. And it's wearing armor? Like, uh, it's got a helmet on its head and, like, these little rounded ears sticking out the side of the helmet. And uh, it's got, like, a, uh, a breastplate on over its, like, bristle fur-covered chest and, like, some greaves and pauldrons and everything. And it is just going to town on these drones, just ripping one of them apart. Uh, with a uh, rouge like <laughs> big angry bit roar. Yeah. Can Kevin see it? 
Um, you can definitely hear it. You can probably see it too. Yeah, Dad. My God, is that a bear? <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that when the Ark was taking us. Is that Dad? What? <laughs> <laughs> Your description just felt so, like, familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. My father was actually a ball of hair himself. <laughs> like his father before him. And here I am at the disappointment with actual human flesh. <laughs> well, you've got that werewolf look going on. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that monster is fighting some drones, and uh, you can see on the <sighs> back of the monster, like clinging onto that back armor, is a small figure wearing <clears throat> a mask made of wood and leaves, which is all you can see of their face right now. So, so no one's going to answer Keva's query. What was the query? She said, "My God, is that a bear?" Lean looks over at you and says, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a bear. Oh my gosh. It's all come full circle. She, seeing that the bear is dealing with these drones, uh, instead puts her baton away and goes over to check on Zonin. Hey, buddy, how you, how you doing, Conan? Zonin barfs. Yeah, yeah, all right. She... Reaches out and like gingerly dabs at your face with uh, what appears to be a much used handkerchief of some sort. How does he have so much material in his body? Well, I have been feeding him. Yeah. You know, berry juice and stuff like that. Things that I he should be able to keep down, but brains, you know, brains. Why is this also rainbow colored, though? That is my question. <laughs> you just fed him skittles. I have a brand, Emrin. <laughs> Emrin shrugs. Um, yeah, it appears that the bear and there are some other things happening to these drones, but uh, they are being dismantled and taken care of rapidly. There's like this huge fight going on while Lean is just leaning down, cleaning up Zonin. And Emrin, you are standing over the fallen robot. Keva, you've sent your drones over to help Esme, who is landing another crushing blow on the robot's head. Um, it slumps and falls to the ground. The drones being harried by the man with the sword uh, slowly stop moving. And when your drones get over there as well and sort of crash into them, they use their taser electricity to power them down. And um, one moment the bear is there ripping open the carapace of one of the drones. And uh, the next, when you look again, there's no bear. There's just the small person standing there. The one who was on the bear's back. And let's just say all the drones are, are down now. It's been taken care of. Um, Keva is going to be in a stand and she's going to kind of like she'd kind of like pulled her uh, poncho a weird way to hold it like her arm and then uh, she's going to like uh to much shock and awe, probably, she takes her poncho uh, off and tries to tie it into a better sling. Okay. 
And uh, I just want to point point this out that Keva has like no one has ever like seen Keva without her poncho off, or if they have, if they're Emerin and Maeve and maybe Lean, it's been like years. Who knows how long? Yeah. What's uh What's the outfit that Keva's got under the poncho today? Oh, she's just wearing like a tank top. Oh, okay. It's like a blue. Yeah. All right. You are here. There's a at least an eye of the storm. And inside Maeve, you see that it's up to 80%, but uh, it has now stopped. And that there are now two windows with error codes that say abort, retry, ignore. One of the error windows is hovering over where the memory was inserted into the uh, console. And the other one is hovering over near a different system that you may or may not recognize. I'm going to try to get my, uh, my, my oogie boogie filling to try and get Lean's attention. Maybe just make them make like a row to the systems. Okay. Uh, the cavalcade of insects and such make a line out the door towards Lean. And she looks down at them and frowns and starts trying to shoo them away because she doesn't want them getting into Zonin's uh, wounds. She probably assumes they're trying to, like, eat the, you know, the mess fair. that's there. That's fair. Um, Does Emra notice them? Are you still standing over your robot waiting for it to wake up or something? Or are you? I think, uh, I think Emra's figured out, like, hmm, maybe not that combination. <laughs> and, uh, like, walks to pick up Keva, or, like, to make sure Keva's all right. <laughs> Or just pick up Keva. Pick her up with one I could, I could do that. Yeah, I think I pick you up and just bring you over to the opposite side of the door, away from Zonin's uh, pile, mm -hmm. and settle you down for examination before going into the terminal room. Yeah, so you see the you see the line of insects, the both of you do. That you haven't done this in a while. Yeah, last time you picked me up. That's true. Right, uh, so you you both see the line of insects that Lean is trying to shoo away. He's like, "This place is infested. Disgusting." Those are Maves. What? Oh, well, those might be Mave at this point. I'm not really sure. Look, I I know Mave pretty well. I don't think she'd be. And she gestures at some of the insects that are in the in the puddle there. I, I don't think that's her. Maybe not one. But a horde, a hive, sure. You know, I've seen weirder things over the past year. I bet. Bears are pretty scary. And Emran walks into the terminal room. Look, it, she like gestures with the free hair that is now no longer a shield. Obviously, something happened to us. You can probably deduct that. Maeve's power is controlling and seeing through and, uh, you know, using these big insects here. So don't step on them. She'll be mad. Well, all right. There are lots of... Uh... These are her eyes and ears right now. Oh, and the uh, the violently growing plant life is Deg, Don Kobaset. 
She looks over and there's a a vine poking through the wall and she just gives it a wave. Hi, Dag. And it undulates back at her. So, uh, what's this line of bugs telling you? Uh, to go look at something, I assume. Let's do it. As she stands up from Zonin, um, seeing there's not much more she can do for him right now, to step over the puddle and into the core along with Emran, uh, you see there's a group of six other people that are gathering. It's Esme. You Obviously, you know she's coming over to see how everyone's doing. And there's the small person with the wood and leaf mask who is wearing an ascot, an orange ascot, and then just <laughs> regular clothes for the rest of their outfit. Did you just say um, regular? <laughs> like as in an average Greg would wear these clothes? Please, please, average I need you to stop. Life. I need you to stop. He's smarter than an, I'm smarter than an average Greg. <laughs> I'm going to go get and some hairs. He's going to go look for some picnic baskets. There are two women in matching outfits wearing orange and yellow outfits that look like almost a military uniform, but not one that you've recognized, standing directly next to each other. And there is the uh, the man in the just amazing robes. Oh, and there's a uh, another woman as well. She is carrying around... She's got a glass of wine, like a wine glass, in her hand, held casually. It's partway filled. But also hovering around her is like a little solar system of other wine glasses filled to different degrees. They're just slowly rotating around her. That's so <laughs> oh, stylish. I just now understood. <laughs> uh. She looks very bored. No one else does, though. It's hard to tell what the person... And the leaf mask looks like because mask. But uh, the two mm -hmm. women, the one who has, uh, she's got uh, lighter skin and longer hair, longer black hair. She is looking all around. Looks like she might be assessing what's going on. And the woman with the darker skin and the shorter hair and a scar across the bridge of her nose has her arms crossed and uh, just looks dour. Keva's going to ask lean like have you seen mandy i, I mean mandakai no she stops no like i said i just got here i came directly from the platforms down the stairs to this room she's looking at the uh wall of the text and the boot information and she's uh thinking you can see uh her mouth moving as she's trying to like figure things out under her brushes this is the language from my books. Sure is. May have got good at reading it. Wow, I can recognize a lot of these words, but I don't really understand the context. Tell me what it says. I have a understanding of these things now. She just says, this one says, uh, there's a problem, a mistake, uh, error. A uh, bunch of numbers and letters jumbled together. Abort, retry, ignore. And this one, also mistake, error, something. Different numbers. And an, again, abort, retry, ignore. Emran looks at the, the connection, or is the terminal back in the floor with the connection to the uh, backup? The backup has 
where it was connected, it has gone back into the wall. So it's uh, it is you can see that one of the error messages is where that was, and the other one is on the opposite wall. I think maybe you should all get out of the room <laughs> again. Uh, Maeve, do you want to do a lore roll for me? Yes. Lore overcome. See if Maeve can figure out what these error messages might mean. As you can see them through your through your bugs. Okay, so that's a good roll. And uh, the passive resistance for that was good. All right, so you made it. You, you tied with the requirement there. You can see that there is... The first error means that there is either something missing or some type of some type of problem with integrating the emergency backup on both of those sides and you can have it retry or you can have it ignore the error and it will continue with the rebooting process abort would stop hub from rebooting entirely i imagine that i would have some kind of shared uh, shorthand with lean or at least no hers yeah i'm gonna have the the oogie boogie fillers try to just spell that out on the ground and walls Okay, what do you want them to say? Uh, just convey that exact information, if possible. Okay. So Lean looks at the bugs um, forming this shorthand, and she glances over at the cocoon, and then at Emrin, and back at the cocoon. She's like, is that... Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's new. You, can you read that? That doesn't look like anything I've read ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can read that. Uh, she says that Hub is rebooting and that if we abort, then they won't reboot. If we retry, it will try to fix the problem. Or if we ignore, it will ignore whatever the problem is and finish the reboot process anyway. Yeah, we went through a lot of trouble for the rebooting. Yeah. Last thing I remember, Hub wanted to reboot, right? This wasn't a... This wasn't an us thing. Hub has had conflicted feelings about reintegrating with the emergency backup, but they did indicate that they were ready to try when you came down here before the inchoate happened. Emran, Emran scratches behind his head and says, I think I know what the integration error might be. Keva, like, kind of, like, it takes an intake of breath, and then she said, the man in the dream. Yeah. Big man that could eat everything? Oh, more along the lines of man who got eaten. Maybe. Regardless, the eating involved was probably the problem. Maeve, should we ignore it? What do you think, Keva, as well? I don't know. I don't want to abort. No, I don't think that would be a good idea either. Though we could be irrevocably harming Hub's personality. Uh, Retry said it would just try again and, if possible, identify the problem. Yeah. Well, it said it, it'll try again. You don't know if that means it'll fix it or not. It'll just try again.